is tough, rewarding, fun, hectic, and everything in between. And every Monday, it starts all over again. This is a podcast for moms by a mom, where we'll discuss everything from parenting to families, entertainment to health and fitness, and much more. Welcome to Monday Moms with your host, Tara Gray. Welcome to Monday Moms. I'm your host, Tara Gray. Today, I'm joined by Senator Amanda Chase. She represents the 11th District, Amelia County, City of Colonial Heights, and part of Chesterfield County. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you for speaking with me. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. So let's begin with the rally in Richmond held on May the 5th. So how did this Reopen Virginia rally come to be? Well, it came to be because I had so many business owners and folks who are unemployed, who are unable to secure benefits that were promised um, by the government for shutting down their business. And they were calling me nonstop. I mean, I, I, a lot of times I wouldn't finish my phone calls until 915 at night, talking to constituents, business owners, um, the unemployed and they needed help. And the challenge that we have is with the federal money that we were getting from the CARES Act, people were getting approved, but the money wasn't there anymore. And that was only a week after they announced the program. I honestly yeah. believe we are running out. You know, it's, it's how much money do you throw at this problem when you are, when the, it's now illegal. And I just want this to set in with people. For gym owners, I have a close friend who's a gym owner. It's illegal for him to earn a living right now doing what he has done. I mean, he spent decades building his business and now it's mm -hmm. completely shut down. His bills are still coming in. His rent payment is still May the 1st. And mm -hmm. there are a lot of business owners who are in that same predicament. If you're considered a non-essential business, your doors were, were closed down and it was illegal for you to earn a living. Well, at the same time, we could go to some of the bigger stores like the Lowe's and um, you could go golfing. You can go to your grocery store and, you know, coronavirus lives everywhere, but they weren't even really observing the social distancing in those businesses that were selected to be essential. And so my point with all this is that we, the governor currently has an inconsistent policy of allowing basically the government to pick winners and losers. And many times it's the big businesses that wins and it's the small mom and pop shops that are losing and missing out, um, you know, unless they can keep 10 or less folks in there. But, you know, there are, if you're listed in that executive order, specifically called out and unable to open your business, um, you know, that's that's just a challenge for, for many business owners. And so the Reopen Virginia takes a look, and I call it the Safely Reopen Virginia, because we do believe that the virus should be taken seriously, that we should um, honor and respect the CDC guidelines. But right. if we can, if we can follow these guidelines in what are considered essential businesses, then we should be able to do that in the, in the non-essential businesses. And it, and really the question comes is legally, 
can the government pick winners and losers like that to deem, you know, the governor deeming which businesses are essential? Um, you know, there, there are places like the ABC that are store that are open. Um, you can get drinks to go. Um, you can, you can go to the golf course, you know, but the zoos initially mm -hmm. were closed down. It's just, there were some inconsistencies in there that I think a lot of people had trouble understanding. And so we're saying, you know, let's finish reopening Virginia so that it, it doesn't, I mean, you've, if you cannot, if you're a, a small business owner and you have a family and you're trying to put food on the table, it does affect your health. Not only does it mm -hmm. increase your stress level, but if you can't even afford to put food on your family, um, you know, that's, that's a problem too, that affects your health, not being able to pay, pay your health insurance, um, not to be able to pay doctor bills, to pay for food. And, and really with some of the small business owners that have employees, it affects them too, because they're going to have to lay them off. So right. it's, it's a, a domino effect. And I think it is time to reopen Virginia. And I, just before the call, I was listening to the governor's press conference. And in phase one, there's still a limit, still the limit of 10 or less. And, you know, we don't know how long that order is going to be in effect. But, you know, a, a lot of Virginians are saying enough is enough. And, and how is it this governor, one person, can have that much authority? to shut down the economy. We do believe this is a government-induced re um, recession that we're getting ready to go through. And why should a governor have that much power? Um, that should be the role of the General Assembly, you know, have so that not just one person is able to make a decision like that for the entire state of Virginia. So that that's really the purpose of the Reopen Virginia. It's expressing the desires of constituents to create some parity, make it fair, um, and and really reopen Virginia. Looking at the numbers, most of most of the deaths that have occurred at this point have been in our long term care facilities. You know, those people who have the comorbidities, those people who, um, you know, are are in the age they're in the age um, range in which you know they have a higher um, incidence of death those targeted mm -hmm. ranges, of course, you know, stay home, do those types of things. And really, if you, if we allow the healthy people that feel comfortable and want to get back to work, there are people who want to get back to work who are saying, I have to get back to work. Let's let those people go ahead and start so that we don't end up with a complete economic depression. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's, we've got to get back to work. So that, that was the reason for the rally. You know, we had it from one to 3 PM. We, we actually rescheduled it to the May Day rally reopen Virginia to Wednesday. It was on uh, Friday, uh, May the 1st. And we've moved that to um, the following Wednesday, this past Wednesday for the purpose of allowing it to take place when we knew the governor would be there. We did some checking and everything and weren't convinced that he was going to be there that evening. And really it was to get the attention of the governor. So we held it during his weekly press conference, knowing he would be there. Um, I have heard that for those who are watching by TV, you could actually hear the honking of our horns in the press conference. And that's really just a friendly reminder that there are people out here who are asking him to, you know, we can't do this indefinitely. We, we do have to have some type of strategy 
to reopen Virginia. And, and so we need to have those conversations on how to safely reopen, just like all the other states are beginning to do. Right. So are you happy with how the rally turned out? Do you think it went as planned? It did. It was, I was so encouraged. Um, there were hundreds. Uh, Tim Anderson, who was there, said that there were thousands of people that were there. Um, we had cars, although in Channel 12, I have, you know, Channel 12 did a really good job of the story. You can actually see the video of all the cars in both lanes Mm -hmm. Um, going completely around Capitol Square, um, on all four sides. I mean, it was, it was a parade, honestly. Um, <laughs> kind of bumper to, yeah. Were you there? No, I was not. I saw it. Okay. I did see it, but yeah. I was not there. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was great whenever they stopped at the light. I was standing outside, um, right at the corner of Ninth and Bank Street and just, you know, waving to everybody, thanking them for coming. Um, and, uh, it was, I thought it was a very well attended event. It was, um, you know, all over the news that evening, just that, you know, that the people of Virginia business owners are ready to reopen. They, you know, they, they exercise their first amendment right to, to speak and be heard. And, um, I think they, they made their presence known. Right. So I've heard it called, obviously, it's been called the Open Virginia Rally. I've also heard it called a peaceful protest. What do mm -hmm. you think of that? Well, I would say so. Um, everyone, for the most part, stayed in their cars with their families. So, you know, I, I like to think that we were responsible and that we didn't put anyone at risk. And, um, I think it was peaceful. There were no arrests. There was, there was really, there was no one there that I could see causing any trouble. Um, I mean, I think it was completely a peaceful rally. It was a way that those who are upset could exercise their first mm -hmm. amendment right in a way that was safe and compliant. And, um, I, th I think it was successful. That's my opinion though. And at the rally, I heard you mention the problems uh, with filing for unemployment. Was that yes. some of the frustrations that you were hearing that people were sharing with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, anyone that's out there that's still having issues with filing for unemployment, you know, feel free to reach out to my office at my district 11 at Senate dot virginia dot gov email address and my office will do our best to help you. Um, you know, the the um Virginia Employment Commission has not ever seen such a spike in unemployment as they have during this time when the when the government is mandating business closures and they were caught flat footed. They didn't have the resources they need or the server capacity to um to meet the needs, they have had to very quickly update their server. I've under, I've heard that they've update, updated the server at least nine times at this point to accommodate the high volume. I've also heard that um, they've hired new um, customer service representatives who you know, have to go through training and, and everything else so that they can adequately mm -hmm. answer the questions that people have. But, you know, still this week, I am talking to people who have filed for unemployment, who just 
talk about how cumbersome the the system itself is. And I think, you know, a lot of times whenever you have, uh, you know, hopefully uh, this is a temporary thing and, and we can get people back to work and off of unemployment, but it does allow you to see on a regular day what folks who are unemployed and are having struggles and issues have to go through. It's magnified. And one of the things that I think we need to do is, is revisit uh, the website and look for efficiencies, look at a better way to help those that are already stressed out because they're unemployed and have all these other um, concerns and stressors on them. How do, how do we make it more user friendly and um, mm-hmm. not add insult to injury when someone's already going through a difficult time? Right. Looking ahead to the next few months, what will you be working on? Well, I have, I, since we finished session, um, and the veto session, um, our focus becomes constituent services, educating the public, um, you know, with the weekly press conferences. A lot of times people hear what the governor says with the executive orders and they have questions as far as application. Like, what does that mean for me and my family? What can I do? What can I not do? Mm-hmm. So I do videos on my Senator Amanda Chase page to educate the public on how to interpret updates to his current executive orders, 53 and 55, and basically how it affects their family going forward. So a lot of constituent services, I also field and have this week, um, several phone calls of vic- the loved ones of victims who were their loved one was a victim of a violent crime, um, specifically a murder. Mm-hmm. And the felon, what is they found out during the COVID crisis, they're going to be released from prison. And that's very concerning to me because we were told that these would be nonviolent offenders, but that is actually not the case. There are folks that um, who have committed murders that are being released right now. And so one of the things that I've done is, you know, uh, written a letter to the Department of Corrections and, and, you know, asked for them not to release people who have committed murders. Um, you know, the, the victim is no mm-hmm. more. And yet the, the, the grief of the families that have lost their loved ones just fail to see the justice involved with allowing the murderer, you know, to, to get out of jail and experience any type of freedom. So, you know, that's just off the, off the top, but I also right. do, I do a lot of um, press calls, uh, you know, with, with different um, outlets and venues. We do a lot of zoom calls with different groups, civics groups and otherwise who are observing social distancing, but still desire to get together and meet. Um, I know I have a, Chamber of Commerce that I will be going to, um, you know, we're just trying to be creative and use technology to kind of continue the work that we're mm-hmm. known for. And, um, so, uh, so that's what I'm focused on. Of course, you know, probably now I'm running for governor. And, uh, so I am, uh, you know, addressing different, how I would do things differently if I was governor. If, you know, just a lot of people want to know. A lot of people actually don't really like politics. I'm probably in that category. 
um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But right. But whenever you have a period of time like this where you see how quickly and easy it is to have your liberties taken from you and the person that is holding the key to your liberties is one person and that's the governor. Suddenly people who are not so politically engaged become very interested in who our next governor is going to be. Mm. Now I announced back in February, um, back whenever we were still in session and a lot of people expressed their rightful frustration that our civil civil liberties and freedoms were being compromised and and blatantly violated and um you know during this past general assembly session and, and a lot of people were contemplating leaving virginia so on president's day in february of this past year i um after receiving thousands of emails across virginia asking me to run for governor saying that, you know, I'm a voice for the people and that I, they feel that I'm ready for the job. I'm a second term Senator. I kind of understand how things work um, and how they're supposed to work. Right. And they know that I'm a voice for the people. I'm proven. I'm tested. I've got a voting record that they can trust and they know I'm going to get things done. Cause I also have a history for getting things done in the general assembly. So they asked me to run and um, I, prayed about it, talked about it with my family, and um, we've moved forward on on President's Day and had an incredible uh, rollout in front on the Capitol steps with about 300 people that um, showed up that day in, in a cold winter day <laughs> um, <laughs> outside. And, um, you know, we have been running full speed ahead, of course, taking uh, breaks here and there. You know, I'm, I'm still doing my Senate job. And also on top of that, running for governor and, and, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a mom of four teenage kids and young adults, you know, we just know how to multitask and get things done. And sometimes they say, you know, it's the busy people in the world that get, you know, a hundred percent of the work done, the people who are doing 80% of the work. And I just, I feel like it's important that we have someone that represents us in the governor's mansion that is in touch with the people and, and represents their voice without any type of, you know, political aspirations or agenda, you know, really just desiring to represent the people. And, um, so I, I answered that call to service and, um, I'm the only GOP candidate to announce. And, um, I hope that I don't have an opponent, <laughs> but I know the likelihood of that is that I very well could be. Um, right. but, but, um, you know, I know that in order to win, you need plenty of time to plan to get your word out there. And my right. goal is to visit every single county in Virginia, and that's going to take some time. So I'm doing everything I can to start early. I, I really think that we can win. It's just proper planning and, um, having plenty of time to get your message out. So this brings me to my last question. The slogan, I saw a slogan, a champion for Virginia families. Does that still mm -hmm. accurately reflect you and your beliefs? Absolutely. I, I am all for our Virginia families. And um, I've had a, lo a lot of slogans out there that people have, have coined for me. And um, 
you know, it's, and those are my favorite ones, honestly, the ones that the people come up for you. People know me. They, they know that I have a heart for the people. Um, they know that I have a proven record. I have experience. I know how to get things done. Um, I know I have a degree from Virginia Tech in management and finance. Mm -hmm. So we need some right now, especially as we reopen Virginia. Someone that understands finances, understands the way money works, understands that aspect, um, as well as just being a, you know, a mom that has four kids is a real person. And, um, you know, sometimes you feel things because you live them. Well, thank you so much. It's been really nice speaking with you. I appreciate you taking some time today to join me. And I appreciate the opportunity to to be heard. So thank you. Thank you so much. Monday Moms is a production of T3 Media, LLC, and the Henrico Citizen. New episodes appear every Monday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. For more sponsorship information, email Tara Gray at tara at henricocitizen.com.